1: It's G Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mister Ron.
0: Hey, you guys! What's going on? It's episode three hundred and sixteen now of the Ron and Don Show. And uh, judging by all the tires around here, we are we are live in the Les Schwab Studio.
1: What is up, Ron and Don Nation?
0: Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show. Uh, it seems like car dealerships have been forever changed because of the pandemic. We're going to talk about that and also what the hell happened to all the Nutella? Is that how you say it? Nutella. Are you a Nutella guy? Uh, I do like me some Nutella. All right. What the hell happened to it? What's going on? Shortage. A nationwide shortage of cars? Nutella. We'll get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, This is really interesting. I don't know of too many Hollywood stars that would have a brand new movie coming out starring them, especially when they come from an ensemble cast. And then there's been some research done, and the folks have said, hey, we looked at the ensemble cast, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you your very own movie. I'm talking about Scarlett Johansson. And if you have seen her in all the Marvel pictures as the Black Widow, like my son loves the Black Widow. And I have to say, not only is she stunning, uh, but she's also... I've said this before. Sometimes when I see Robert Downey Jr., in in Iron Man, I'm just like that's Robert Downey Jr. Like in a in an Iron Man suit, he's like the whole time to me. He's Robert Downey Jr. I like him in the ensemble, but when it's just Robert Downey Jr., he's kind of a Hur! in the movie, kind of a jerk. So I don't like him as much. Uh, but I do like Scarlett Johansson. I like her a lot as the Black Widow. And as a result of this, Disney looked at this and they said, wow, a lot of other people like her, too. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make a movie that's just focused on her. We're going to give her own movie. So they ended up signing a deal. And what they did with this deal is they said, hey, we are going to give you we're going to give you bonus money. So let's say we sign you up for 20 million dollars or 30 million dollars. Maybe it was 30 million dollars. You have an opportunity here, though, to make 50, 60, 70. And through the course of a lifetime, maybe you'll make $100 million on this movie. Who knows? But the important thing is, Scar, is you have to be able to drive people to the box office. So she ended up signing this contract. So here we go. She signs this contract, and the pandemic hasn't happened yet. Now, here we are in the middle of the pandemic. And you know what Disney says? Nobody really wants to go watch these movies in a movie theater. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and release this movie on Disney Plus at the same time that it's being released in all the movie theaters. And this is what happened. Is Scarlett Johansson who felt like she was going to get a big bonus check cuz she drove people to the movie theater. More people right now are watching The Black Widow on Disney Plus. And as a re, as a result of that, she has been boxed out of, of a lot of this bonus money. So she has now sued Disney, which is really unusual. You don't see stars turn around and sue Disney right when their movie's coming out. And I think she thought that Disney would just go ahead and settle. And I think Disney thought that she would settle. And Disney is giving signals, smoke signals right now, going, hey, Black Widow, we we don't want to mess with you. Uh, you're a badass. We'll go ahead and settle. Here's And Scarlett Johansson's like, no, I'm not settling. We are going to court. We are going to trial. We're going to talk about what has happened here, the way that I've been treated, and not just as an actor, actress in Hollywood, but as a female actress and actor in Hollywood. And when someone, for instance, like Tom Hanks, be treated in this way, because there's a lot of stars like Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise and a lot of the other Toms, They do similar types of contracts. So maybe they don't get a lot of money up front, but they get this bonus money. And this is what she says, and Ron, I'm interested to see what you think. And I think she's right. She said what they did by driving people to Disney Plus to watch this movie, I had never purchased Disney Plus before. I had never had an interest in Disney Plus. And then when we heard about at my house that the Black Widow movie was out, We didn't want to go to the movie theater because my son's not vaccinated. He's 11. But we still wanted to watch it, and we were willing to pay $30 because that's what it cost to watch it. We paid the $30, but on top of the $30, we had to. We were forced to join Disney Plus. So not only does she want her bonus money back, but she wants a cut in the share of all the people that were driven to Disney Plus like the O'Neill family, because I would have never bought Disney Plus because that's where you get all the Marvel stuff. I would have never bought it I if think, it wasn't for the Black Widow.
1: Well, I think the Star Wars franchise might have driven your son to make you buy a Disney+. Plus. But, well, this is the age-old argument. I'm of two minds on this, and help me sort this out. Uh, what we're talking about here is labor and talent. Um, you and I, for the bulk of our career, were considered talent, quote unquote. Uh, and, you know, we worked for big media companies and you could say, Hey, look at all the revenue that we make. We deserve more of that share. And on their side, they're saying, yeah, but we built all the infrastructure and we're we're paying the freight on on all the salaries of the people that support what you do and so we're going to be fair with you and and i also drove by a picket line today of construction workers that are picketing out so they're the labor they're the talent quote unquote of a big development at Vulcan's building downtown uh, and so they're saying, hey, we want more, we want a bigger piece of the pie. So this is this, this tension has been going on in every industry. The one you brought up is, is very high profile and we can get into streaming and all that. But to me, here's what I, th- here's what I thought of when I drove by those picket workers today. One is nobody had a mask on and they were all holding their signs very close to one another. So that bothered me. But I also thought, yeah, like you live in an expensive city. You're building a marquee building uh, in downtown Seattle in South Lake Union. You probably do deserve a raise. Like, that's, that's, that's hard work uh, to, to be going up and down those buildings and, and like, literally building uh, and carrying supplies in. And they're there at 7 a.m. in the morning. And, and so they probably do deserve a raise. Then my second thought right after that as I was looking for a parking space uh, to go to the gym was how many of those guys do you think could land a $500 million building project? In downtown Seattle. Probably not many of them. Like if you went down to that union and said, okay, guys, you go out and you get a $500 million building uh, permitted, designed, approved, and the ground broken on, and line up the financing, write all the contracts, get it all secured, and I'll give you your raise. Because that's what the other side of the equation is. They just get to show up and the workers is already there. They don't have to find the work, they didn't have to find the lot. They didn't have to negotiate the purchase and sale of the old building. They didn't have to go through the permitting process with the city of Seattle to demolish that building and to go to meet with the architects and the design. Like they didn't have to do any of that. They just got to show up and they have a foreman that says, "Hey, Don, go build that wall over there." And here's the here's the blueprints, and you go build the wall. So, in the, in similar, you know, to us and then to Scarlet, Scarlet Johansson could go make a movie. She could pay for everything. She could hire a crew and get her own special effects. She could write it. She could make her own franchise. She could invent a female superhero and and go create a storyline and find her own director and her own co-stars. She could go out to all the movie theaters in America and hire all the people that it would take to get those placed in the theaters, and she'd make all the money. But she doesn't want to do that. She just wants someone else to write the script someone else to direct the movie someone else to design all the costumes she wants to show up do her lines do her performance and do it very well and then say that i want i want more money so i think she's probably deserves more money and i think hollywood accounting has been proven to be kind of fraudulent the way they do it. And I think if, if you broke out the data, cause I know someone at Disney plus, they know the data do they? of what if someone signed up. And the first thing they did was watch the black widow. You can say that that's why they signed up. <laughs> so like they, they have all those metrics. Yeah. Um, so she has a case there, but it still goes back to, that's why I like a lot of people like to make fun of Macklemore. He did the whole thing himself. He was the label. He was the recording studio. He was the songwriter, he was the performer, and he made all the money when when that, those, those records popped. Uh, he didn't need an A&R guy, and he didn't need a label executive to tell him whether or not uh, his song was good. He thought it was good. He created it, him and Ryan Lewis. They put it out, and they make the money on that. I have a lot of... Even if you don't like his music, he did it. Yeah. He didn't wait for someone else to do it for him, mm-hmm. and so he gets all of it. Yeah. You don't have to share anything. Uh, Same thing with the band I love, Run the Jewels. LP just said, I'm going to make my own label. He's like, I'm tired of it. I'm going to make my own label, and and I'm going to sink or swim with the the music that I want to make. I think it's good enough to find an audience, and he did find the audience. And so now he gets to go to labels and say, hey, I know what I'm doing. Here's how this is going to work. We're going to give the album away for free. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to stream it. You guys are going to pay for this. We keep the master's. Uh, you guys don't get it. And then he does the whole thing, and they're like, okay, because he's proven he's a proven commodity. Mm. So Scarlett could have done that, and she didn't. Yeah. Um, Disney did change the rules, but not because of greed per se. It's because there's a pandemic. They're trying to audible and save their – like there's a lot of people that probably got laid off at Disney – because their job went away.
0: That's that's why... And you make great points. That's why we haven't seen the Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun, yet. Because they're trying to figure out, how do we pop this thing? And they've been holding the movie back, holding the movie back, holding the movie back. And we were supposed to see Top Gun this summer. And again, we didn't see it. Because they really want that block uh, blockbuster smash. So we might see that again during the holidays. But with these variants again taking off, at some point, uh, they're going to they're gonna have to let that movie go. Because... You know, Val Kilmer is going to be 96 at some point. He's going
1: to have a need for speed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, anyway. All right, you guys, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, Coming up, you get to hear some some of our favorite clients in the world. These are some Ron and Don Nation listeners, some Ron and Don Nation members, and we got to be a part of their real estate journey. So listen to this.
1: You can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm
0: Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland.
1: I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll.
0: Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron
1: and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was, I was extremely pleased with uh, the, the entire the, the sit down, the, the experience, and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed in and in, in a trust Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we, yeah. have, we love them. It's been a
0: hell of a lot of fun for one thing.
1: I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Don's just down the street is, is comforting.
0: <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Don friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll
1: always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com.
0: Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's uh, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. Yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. They just sponsored the show now for over a decade. And we are so appreciative of them. Now, don't forget they have 85 locations in western Washington to serve you. And a lot of times, even if you bought tires from the other guy, let's say they have a flat and you pull in, they go ahead and they fix it and they send you on your way because they want you and your family as we head into the fall months, they want you guys to be happy, safe, and at some point, they hope you'll be lifetime customers. And don't forget it, Les Schwab. It's just not about tires and wheels. They do so much more, right, Ron?
1: Yeah, they do steering, suspension, batteries, and brakes to add to the safety of your outings. Plus, maintaining those parts can help your tires last longer and your vehicle run better, improving your miles per gallon. Les Schwab is here for you. Just stop by and ask for your free pre-trip safety check. Or you can schedule one online right now at leschwab.com slash Don. That's Les Schwab. They've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>
0: All right, there you go, you guys. I told you you're going to hear some of our great clients. And if you want to be part of... Real estate journey, Ron. What do uh, what should everyone do?
1: You can go to Ronadonsitdown on sitdown.com right now, or just email me directly if you want a guide or you just want to jump right into scheduling a sit down. Sometimes we've done a, a, a transaction as quick as nine days, and we've done another one like eighteen months. So, like, we are here for you when you need us. But let's start with a sit down, put the game plan together, and make sure all our ducks are in a row. If that's the thing we still do,
0: yeah, eighteen months. I think it was Colleen and Jack. Congratulations to them. We just sold their place on the east side. We sold it for way above, and uh, they're on their way to another part of the great Pacific Northwest uh, to start a new life. So congratulations, to Colleen Jack. We love you guys, and uh, and hopefully uh, we'll talk to you uh, down the road. All right? Yeah. Maybe we'll all meet in Whitefish sometime. Maybe out in t- Montana somewhere. Hey, uh, this is kind of interesting. When I was in my 20s, I was a, a car wholesaler. Uh, And Ron was too. And we would buy cars in different parts of the country, ship them to Seattle, sell them at auction. And then sometimes when we couldn't sell them at auction. We had a little retail uh, shop and we'd sell the cars that way. Uh, Learn the car business, though, by doing that. And what was interesting is back then when you didn't have the Internet, everything was really driven by having these big car lots and having a lot of cars on hand because the thought was a car buy sometimes for a lot of folks when they're driving by, it's an impulse buy, right? It's an impulse. And one of the reasons why car dealerships are all packed around each other, a lot of times that's the way they zone that in particular cities. And also car dealers know, in fact, I don't know if you ever noticed this, like in the South, like down in Phoenix, if you go to a Starbucks right next to it, you'll always see an Einstein bagel. In fact, Einstein bagels got sued at one time because Starbucks is like, how come every time we pop up somewhere, you pop up somewhere?
1: Well, the Burger King tries to get as close to a McDonald's as they can.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's the same with car dealerships and big car dealerships. It's like, yeah, if the Ford guy's over here, then we're going to be the Chevy guys. We're going to be over here because if they don't buy that Ford, maybe they'll buy that Chevy.
1: And it's important to point out that the car lobby went to uh, lawmakers and they made it virtually illegal to buy a car from the manufacturer there has to be a dealer in between that gets a markup fee yeah. so i cannot go to ford like i can't go to detroit go to the ford plant say hey can i get an f150 can't do it i have to i cannot buy from the from the manufacturer i have to buy from a licensed distributor Yeah,
0: and that's why elon musk when it comes to car dealerships What he began doing before the pandemic is something that a lot of these big dealerships have been forced to do during the pandemic. And what they found out is, here we are. We don't have inventories. We talked about in episode 315. There's a worldwide shortage of chips right now. So as a result of that, what they're inviting people to do, cars are still being made, but much slower. What you can do is you can go into one of these dealerships and you can go online. What they'd like you to do now is get excited, not about the immediate gratification of buying a car, but get excited about the journey of the car. So Ty, who used to work on our show, for instance, he just bought, I think, a Nissan Leaf. And the the journey of this car, and I've been following his journey. And the journey started six months ago when he just and he put all this stuff out on Facebook and it was really cool. He used to be one of our producers. And and he went through and he decided he gave his car a name. They encouraged you to give it a name. His car is a name. And then he told you all about this car. And then it's kind of like Uber Eats. If you ever watch Uber Eats, they show the little spatula and the guy making your food, supposedly. And then they show the guy pulling up in a bike. And then they they show the bike coming down the road. I was really disappointed the first time I used Uber Eats a couple months ago that the guy didn't pull up on a bike. I'm like, this is a rip. You're showing a bike on the app, and then the guy in the Shows up in the door stanza. What the hell is going on here? I want the guy to pull up in a bike, especially the, the hill that I live on. I thought this, that would be pretty sensational. But nonetheless, what car dealerships are doing now is saying, maybe we don't need to have all these cars on the lot. Maybe we can get people excited about the process of the journey of the car coming to them. And I have to say, watching uh, uh, Ty's journey, Over the last six months of getting this car, giving updates, he knew where the car was in the world, where it was being made. It was just like Uber Eats. They're showing to make it in the factory and all that. And then on the day it was delivered, it was like he was really emotionally involved in this process. Tesla has been doing this since the jump. They have pushed back, and they said, we're never going to have these big car lots. We're never going to do that because there's so much overhead. We don't need to do that. And all their cars are sold. Yeah. And one of the reasons why these big dealerships had these big lots, number one, they make money selling you a car. Number two, they make money selling you all the extras. Number three, they make money selling the paper to the car. Sometimes they hang on to the paper. Sometimes they sell it to the bank. It's just like a mortgage. Number four, it's the service. The reason they give you free oil changes for life, because every time you go in there to get an oil change, you're like, how come this oil change is $732? Because they find all kinds of other crazy things that they have to do to your car. What's happening is a lot of car lots now, because of, because of the internet, you know what that car costs. You know what the markup is. A lot of these dealers can no longer make money on a new car. Well, during the pandemic, they can, but before the pandemic. And they're like... And we can't make a lot of money on the trade anymore. But we can continue to try to make money on the service. And, Ron, what we're going to see with a lot of these dealerships is they're being bought up from a lot of these mom and pops. It's going to be a place where you go to have your car serviced. And, in fact, my Toyota dealer now, every month, they'll send me a text message of what's going on with my truck, what I need to be concerned about. And wouldn't you know about the time that they send me that text message? The service and maintenance light pops on on my dash. So really, I think for a lot of these car companies, they're going the way of Tesla a little bit here, aren't they? they? Are, and they're, they're becoming very, very, very focused on making money on service. And I had to buy a taillight the other day. It was almost $1,000 for a plastic taillight. Wow. Making a lot of money on parts. They too. make a lot of
1: money on parts. Th- this is seeping into everything, though. I-, I don't know if you've tried this yet with your son. Nike now is going, why don't we just sell direct? Why should I sell my clothes to Nordstrom? And then Nordstrom doubles the price and sells it uh, to Don when he shows up. You can go on right now. And I tried this, but I, I didn't spend too much time on it. You can design your own Nike. So you go out, you pick your style, you pick your color scheme. If you want it to be black and orange, it can be black and orange. You pick the stripe, you pick the toe cap, you pick the, everything on it. You can customize the color schemes uh, and then they'll just ship them to you. And it's the same price that you would get in the store, but now it's, it's yours. And so this is in fashion, it's in cars, uh, it's in retail where they're just saying why people are now used to buying stuff online. The car one is interesting and unique because of how the legislation was done uh, to carve out this middleman thing. And most, if, if there's car dealers that became very wealthy, uh, what they were doing is buying land in big metropolitan areas, using the car dealer to pay for their land. Mm-hmm. And then 15, 20 years down the road, now they own five acres in Seattle and then they can sell that. Like the Volkswagen dealer here in the U District, he owned the whole block that they bought probably in 1952. And so then now, when they just sold it, probably made tens of millions of dollars developing that land but all the volkswagens for the decades you're just paying for the land
0: yeah that's right nelson chevrolet and margaret nelson uh who inherited nelson chevrolet didn't want to sell cars like her dad and her grandfather did she's she's a a fairly good friend of mine and so her brother was a model and she wanted to raise a family and i said well what are you going to do and they said we're we're just going to sell the land to the dirt exchange. And then we're just going to live off the money that we've made selling the land of the dirt exchange. And that's what they did. If you go to the old Nelson Chevrolet and Ballard, to your point, uh, that's exactly what it is. Now they, they sold off that land and now, and now the family is living off that land after her grandfather had been selling cars there, I think for about 50 years or so. So anyway, kind of interesting stuff, right? Yeah. Don't go anywhere. See you on the other side. What the hell happened to all the Nutella? Hey, Ron and Don Nation, this is Mitch Weeks with
1: Homeseed Loans. At Homeseed Loans, our mission is to make the mortgage process cheap and stress-free. And guess what? We've got a deal for all Ron and Don Nation listeners. Our partnership means that listeners will save half a percent on the closing of your loan. That's an average of $3,000 saved when you switch to Mitch. Wow. That's a lot, Ron, isn't it? You should switch to Mitch. I just switched to Mitch. I went to Mitch.loans, and I started the loan process just like you can. That's Mitch.loans. Save a half a percent today, just like I'm doing. The Weeks team... NMLS 169-1573. Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don Team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at RonandonSitdown.com. And we'll schedule a sit down today. Now back to the show.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, episode 316. And don't forget, if you're looking for a loan, maybe you think about switching to Mitch. We got a brand new sponsor.
1: Yeah, go to Mitch.loans. Half a percent savings for Ron and Don Nation members. The average on that is $3,000. So if your loan's a little bit higher, your refi's a little bit higher, you're going to save more than that. And there's no expiration on how many times you can do it. So if you want to buy five houses, you can save a half percent each time.
0: There you go. Want we'll to switch to Mitch? Go to Mitch.loans. Anyway. Uh, you pulled up here today. My house is where our studio is. Did you see what I was carrying? Did you see where I was coming from? See, You
1: hey, I... had a big old bag of toilet paper.
0: Uh, no. Paper
1: towels. Oh, paper towels.
0: Paper towels. Uh, if you go down in my garage, I just built a garage. You go into the garage. There's supposed to be like a brand new Tesla in there or something. But right now, there's just a lot of toilet paper. Uh, there's a lot of paper towels. Lots of different types of soaps. There's bleach. There's all kinds of stuff. It, I basically have a hoarding operation going on. I am hoarding these products and let me tell you why. Uh, during this whole pandemic I in, in the different airbnbs that I have and run, when you when you go into the Airbnb, especially my ones that are 30 days or longer, I want to make sure that you're supplied with all the soaps that you need, all the shampoo that you need, all the toilet paper you need, all the paper towels go all- per plus. All that stuff. What's that? Pert plus. No, I I I I I I, spend, I, I spend a lot of time. I d- I don't have the conditioner and the shampoo mixed in one bottle. It's it. There's it, there's separate bottles. I wow. mean, I, yeah, I'm going all out. Guess what the number one uh, problem has been. With some of my new clients that have been coming in, because what I'll do is I'll put like a month's supply somewhere, and I know how long the toilet paper typically lasts. And let's say that somebody goes in there for a week, and then I'll get a call from my cleaner and saying, hey, uh, Mr. Don, we're, we're out of toilet paper again. Are people stealing toilet paper? People have been swapping and stealing. I don't know what's going on out there in the black market. Uh, lots of toilet paper, lots of paper towels, lots of shampoo still to this day. If you go to Fred Meyer over in Ballard, you can only buy two hand soaps. So, so what I'll do sometimes go around four or five different stores where I can only buy two hand soaps and I, and, and I'm stocking up on this stuff. I was very aware that there's been a nationwide worldwide shortage of toilet paper. I was unaware about the Nutella. What is going on with the Nutella?
1: This is, this is actually a fascinating tale. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with Nutella, it is the hazelnut chocolate spread, and it has an interesting history. You can read about it if you want to on interwebs. This is an Italian product. I first tried Nutella... A long, long time ago, my first trip to uh, Europe—I'd never seen Nutella. We, like Don and I grew up in New Mexico. We don't have fancy breakfast spreads. <laughs> all right, you get a breakfast burrito. You're in, you're out. Maybe you stop at, at Lauderburger uh, on your way to school. So I'm going to this like breakfast bar, and I see these phenomenal pastries and the Nutella chocolate spread, and I'm like, I huh, might as well give this a try. Try it. It is absolutely delicious. If you never had it. Hey, roasted hazelnuts mixed with chocolate into like a paste. You spread it on whatever you want. My mouth's watering just doing this. It's good on fruit. It's good on pastries. It's good on pancakes. and It's it's amazing. So here's what happened. Everybody in the world found out about Nutella and they started selling more and more and more Nutella. So now they they estimate, I believe it's 25% of the entire world's hazelnut crop goes into making Nutella. That's how much Nutella is happening. So what Nutella has done is they've gone out to the farmers of of uh, of Italy. There's a swath of Italy where hazelnuts do really oh, well. Oh,
0: tell us about Nutella.
1: And so they've gone to these farmers and they said, hey, we want you to rip out whatever you're farming and just do hazelnuts all day long. This happened in Oregon as well. And the farmers who looked at... America basically said, ah, we don't want to do that. I don't know if we wanted to be a monoculture here in the middle of Italy. We kind of like it where there's olive groves and then hazelnut trees. And then there's wineries uh, and then there's cattle and like that diversity. Like we've got this pretty dialed in. We've we're proud of our, the, the food that we produce in Italy. We don't want to do that. So now Nutella is trying to incentivize people to make more hazelnut acreage. And there's resistance to that. They're running out of of Nutella because they can't get enough hazelnuts. And I I look at this in, I guess, through the lens of in America, when you just go to these monoculture um, crops, like in the Midwest where it's all corn and that's all you have, it it, it really devastates the land. Hmm. Uh, it really does. Like there is a way to farm that is not that. Mm-hmm. And so, what? What's the solution here? If you just say, "Hey, once we're out of hazelnuts, that's it. We're going to raise the price of Nutella." Or should they be able to? I almost think that you know you can come in and say, "No, you can't." Just because this is popular doesn't mean that we rip out all the other crops and just plant hazelnuts. I don't think they should.
0: I think we should leave it right there.
1: You don't have any hot take on on Nutella?
0: Mm-mm. That's an outrage about the, the hazelnuts. As we're talking right now, you are you you are in Italy because we record this earlier, right? Are you having Nutella right now? I'm sure I am. And What do you have in the Nutella on? What do you put that Most on? Most
1: likely, it would be on uh, like an Italian baked good.
0: Are you mixing that with anything? Oh no! Like are you, you having, just having a cup of what? Are you having a cup with
1: probably an espresso? Okay. What else are you doing while you're... And then it's going to be lots of pizza. My brother wants to go to all the pizzerias. But his <laughs> wife is really into like uh, Parma ham and mozzarella and prosciutto. And I wine. have to say,
0: don't take this the wrong way. And I know you're a little sensitive about this. But when, when you were eating pizza with your brother in Washington, D.C. We weren't in D.C. We were and, in,
1: in the Connecticut.
0: Or Connecticut. Same to me. East coast. East, Eastern border. Uh, on the other side of the Mason-Dixon. Uh, I could see you both kind of just inflating like oh, the Pillsbury no Doughboy, and, no and then it. and then when you came back and you sat in the chair the first time that we were, I oh probably I, I was probably
1: five or six pound swing easy.
0: Well, what, it was what, it wasn't that it was just like your 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 face like you, you, you get puffy. You, you carry the pizza. Yeah, you carried the Dude, pizza. Had
1: eight pizzas in forty eight hours. <laughs> What do you think's going to happen? So
0: now is this going to happen again in Italy?
1: No, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, be a little more considered. <laughs> but, I mean, we're going to eat a lot of pizza, but we're going to walk think, a lot more.
0: I mean, I'm eating pizza
1: right now as people are listening
0: to this. Okay. Anyway. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to uh, this episode. We really appreciate you, episode 316. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you give us a five-star review, we really appreciate that and write something great. Helps with the algorithm, and it lets people know that the Ron and Don show is back. In fact, we're now 316, soon to be 317 episodes in. If you need help on your real estate journey, Ron, we, we don't take your journey and just hand it off to someone. Even though we have great teams, we are involved in your journey every step of the way. We love the journey. We love We love to negotiate. We love it, making sure if you're selling your home, getting it tuned up so you get maximum dollar. And if you're relocating somewhere, whether it's your forever home or you're downsizing, upsizing, right-sizing, whatever it is, we love to be a part of it. Just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com, and you can schedule a sit-down with us today. We'll do it virtually, and then boom, I'll come see you, just like I'm getting ready to go see my friend Don, another Don. Uh, as we jump on his real estate journey, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 317. And hopefully Ron's not too puffy right on that pizza. It's the Ron and Don show. Only! Oh, on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
1: Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.